in healthcare, when it comes to caring for someone, it's always better when clinicians and carers can be made aware of issues before they arise. Having a baseline understanding of what's good and then being alerted when things deteriorate and what to do next, it sounds simple and it's effective and it's a great place for technology to help. Well, today I'm chatting with Ajit Ravindran and Will Yang from Lenexa Medical. And in this episode, we're chatting about their technology to detect preventable pressure injuries in patients before they happen to help get patients out of hospital faster and reduce costs on an overburdened healthcare system. Collaboration starts with the conversation team, Health Tech. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Birch, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Ajit Ravindran and Will Yang from Lenexa Medical, who are developing technology for personalised, precision-based pressure injury prevention. Hey guys, how are you going? Hey Pete, I'm well, how are you? Hey Pete. Really good. Thanks for coming on the show. It's great to have you both. And uh, saw you briefly at uh, Australian Healthcare Week in person, in real life. So um, it's nice to be able to sit down and learn a bit more about what you guys are doing more now. So hopefully it was good to be at the event in person. Yeah, exactly. Likewise. Mm -hmm. Keen to learn a bit more about yourselves and what you're up to. Tell me a bit more about you and your background. Maybe we'll start with you, Ajit. Sure. Thanks, Pete. Look, it, it was great to sort of catch up during the Australian Healthcare Week and also an opportunity for us to also meet others who were there, but more importantly, yourself, and talk about, you know, how you're doing a tremendous job making this issue about healthcare and making healthcare more accessible to many of us because it's, as you know, it's such a broken system and people are all trying to do the very best that they can. So going more into what we are doing. So Lenexa has got a personalized pressure injury prevention system, which we are just about to launch within the Australian market. So really exciting times. But moving into the background in terms of how we first started. So we started from the University of Melbourne Bar Design program. I was doing my MBA at the time, whilst also working with one of the largest health insurers. And it was quite topical because our project could have been anything. It could have been an artificial lung. It could have been artificial kidneys. It could have been whatever we wanted in the world because the program is such unique that we work with clinicians, we work with engineers like Will to solve an unmet need within the market. And when we talk about an unmet need, you know, it has to be something where a lot of people are actually affected by a lot of money being spent on it. And what is it that we can do as engineers and business people to sort of create a product that's also commercially viable? So from the university program came Lenexa Medical, and the focus that we were sort of focusing on was trying to prevent pressure injuries or bed sores, because a lot of money was actually being spent on the treatment side of things, but not much on the prevention side of things. And I'll let my co-founder Will talk more about it. We are at this very unique point of time where you can actually bring the best in data processing, the best in biomedical models, and really understand what is actually going on underneath the body so that you can actually come up with solutions where you can predict and actually inform the clinicians before a pressure injury is formed so that they can step in and actually intervene. So we're quite fortunate to have been part of the program. And after that, we got into a few other accelerator programs like the MedTech Actuator and got some investment along the way, including the Accelerating Commercialization Grant, which really helped us create a product that's actually ready to launch in the market. So excited to be here. Very cool. And Will, tell us a bit more about your background. 
Sure. Um, so my background's in biomedical engineering and research. So similar to Ajit, we met during my master's of biomedical engineering studies. And in that period of time, I was also working at the Murdoch Children's Research Institute, working on a project to essentially develop a novel solution in the vaccination space. And one of the things that really piqued my interest was that clash between the commercial and the research side of things where from the research side of things, you're really trying to get into the nitty gritty of the science and the clinical formation of, of the disease and how we can better actually address these types of issues. But then on the commercial side, how do we actually bring that out to the people who need it most? And you need to have a balance of both. Otherwise, despite having the greatest pieces of research, if you can't bring it out to the people who would actually benefit from it, then it's almost the same as not having done any of it at all. I've got a first-hand seat to that issue while working at MCRI and then doing the biodesign innovation course. It was really good in being able to get that education and that experience when we you know, shadowed clinicians, you know, the people around the hospital. So we spoke to doctors, anesthetists, nurses, and really understood some of the challenges that they faced in their day-to-day. And one of the things that kept coming up when we were asking them these questions were around the issue of pressure injuries and essentially the lack of information and the lack of knowledge around what is going on underneath the patient. And that's really how we started our journey from that point. Yeah, it's funny when coming from the outside, it's not something that you immediately think, well, this is a burning issue that needs to be addressed. It's an issue that when you're in there in the thick of it and you're treating patients and you're seeing them deteriorate or you're looking to try and get them out of care or on to the next point of care, this point of pressure injuries, is it really such a big issue, Will? You know, it's an issue that has been around since people have been lying on things to mm. rest. And and essentially, it's a, it's a problem that affects people who are less mobile. So thinking of your elderly people who have recently gotten some type of injury that's limited their mobility. And it's essentially a buildup of pressure on a certain part of the body over a period of time, causing that sort of soft tissue to break down. So obviously your skin, your muscle tissue, all the way down to the most severe cases where you know, you're seeing bone and cartilage at that point in time. And in Australia, it affects you know, over 400,000 people. And it actually costs our Australian public hospital system over $9 billion every single year. And those numbers are from pre-COVID. So thinking about patients who are spending a lot of time in the bed, um, thinking about nurses are almost forced to have less patient contact, especially in those COVID scenarios where you know the isolation required between some of these patients and not getting as much of that attention as they may have received in the past. I mean, so the numbers have gone up as well since COVID started. And that's just in Australia. In the US, they're spending you know, almost 27 billion US dollars every year just to try and manage this problem. And the solutions that they have currently have often been inadequate and impractical to actually implement. So this is where our solution and Lenexa Medical really want to fit in. I want to come to what's being done currently a bit later in the conversation, but firstly, Ajit, you know, you told us a bit about Lenaxa and the journey to get to this point, but let's really crystallize it. What is the technology and who's it serving and all that kind of stuff? 
Yeah. So if I can also sort of, you know, just take a side tangent and just talk about, you know, my experience working with one of the insurers. So when I was sort of working with the insurer, I mean, you know, we could sort of see some of these problems firsthand where pressure injuries were actually classified as hospital acquired complications. And it was sort of deemed in many ways because the hospital didn't take care of the patient or, you know, in some ways in the HK situation, they didn't take care of the resident. That's why the pressure injury sort of happened in the first place. And insurers were increasingly pushing back on hospitals to fund this on their own. And poor hospitals are always struggling to actually find a solution in terms of, you know, how can they manage this better? And as Will was actually talking about, you know, they're trying to do their best. They're coming and turning the patient as often as they can. But in some instances, you know, it's, it's probably not the top of the mind when they're actually coming towards the patient. So there is a clear need. And also during the times of COVID with the lack of sort of skilled workforce being available, you know, to actually come and attend to the patient, there's a clear need for a solution that is monitoring the patient always and actually act as a second pair of eyes. So to answer your question, we never actually set out to create a solution that would sort of exist on its own, like a camera in a room or whatever. We always wanted to create the solution that put both the patient and the carer as part of the solution. So our solution was always sort of, you know, catered with that in mind. So what we have as a solution is a fabric-based sensor that goes underneath the mattress cover. And what makes a solution very unique compared to others which are actually out there in the market is that we take patient-specific data and then using AI and machine learning, we provide targeted information to clinicians and nurses on when they need to come in and sort of intervene. So it's personalized at the patient level. It's targeted at the patient level at a particular body part so they can actually have that information at their fingertips to come and attend to that patient. So that's yeah. essentially a solution. Got it. And so it's built into the fabric. It's under the mattress. So, you know, tell us a bit more about because I understand, you know, there's a lot of technology within hospital beds that exists already. Is this the kind of thing that's being done already or is this something a bit different and it's quite specific? Um, so the technology itself, it hasn't been widely implemented in any type of healthcare setting to this date. And how we're actually offering the solution is that it's a part of the actual mattress cover itself. And so to the patient and to the carer, it's actually indistinguishable. So they would just essentially be lying onto um, a regular hospital mattress from their perspective. The information that we're looking to provide will essentially give that information to say, well, how long has the patient actually been lying on their side? And currently to date, the only way you can actually capture this information is if you're watching the patient at all times. And obviously we understand, you know, given the the shortages in the workforce as well, it's become harder and harder to give that quality of care to each patient or each resident. And what we really want to do is be able to give them the data, give them the information to be confident in their decision making to say, well, I know that patient A has been moving themselves for the past hour. So we don't actually need to move them around. They're offloading themselves as opposed to, you know, patient B who might have been lying on their side for the past six hours. But at this current stage, there's no tangible way of actually being able to understand what position the patient is lying. You may be able to detect movements on the bed with certain, you know, other types of sensors and things like that, but you aren't able to actually tell at a, you know, high resolution level whether or not the patient's on their left side or their right side on their back. And also what body parts are actually in contact with the surface and how much pressure is being applied at those areas. And so we're able to very easily provide that information in a very 
almost incognito way to the patient and the carer. We're able to you know, send them that at that time where you know, you've crossed a certain threshold. So you might be able to set, okay, I don't want my patient in the same position for two hours, send me a message or four hours, send me a message. And you know, that message can be cleared if a patient has changed their position, which allows essentially the facility to prioritize the care and come to the patient with that information as opposed to you know, trying to remember, okay, I saw my patient 30 minutes ago, they were in their left position, I'm gonna come back 40 minutes Will they still be in their left? And you've got to remember this for, you know, 10, 20 patients. It's really unachievable with currently what they have in those facilities. Yeah. It sounds fascinating. I think it's such a great idea. I love the fact that it's indistinguishable. It's not difficult to set up. It's not a bunch of cameras or a bunch of sensors on the patient. It doesn't sound intrusive, you know, but it's obviously much more complicated to explain in a podcast interview, but I'm curious as to how, you know, it does things like, knows if someone's on their side or on their back. So is this, you know, the artificial intelligence at play here? Exactly right. So to give a little bit more detail into the technology itself. So as Ajit alluded to, it's a fabric-based sensor. And so the fabric itself is the sensor. And if you can think about it, the actual sensing element itself is as thin as your t-shirt. And so you won't be able to, you know, even feel that it's there compared to those traditional sensors where, you know, you, it might be an actual plastic sensor that you're actually lying on. Um, so it's stretchable, it's uniform, it conforms to the surface. And within the fabric itself, we've been able to isolate almost 7,000 individual points across the sensor. And so what we can do is we can actually measure the electrical characteristic across the surface and essentially determine how much pressure is being applied at each of these 7,000 points. And so being able to read that information in, we're essentially able to reconstruct an image of a person lying on the mattress. And then we're able to analyze that image using machine learning image recognition techniques to then essentially pick up what positions the patients are lying in and also what body parts are in contact with the surface and then relay that information back over a time series to say, okay, well, this image was a patient on their left side, and this image is essentially the left side for two hours, four hours, and then provide that information back to them. And so we can pick up, you know, all the movements that are on the bed and analyze that over time. And that's really the first cab off the rank for our type of technology. There's certainly further applications into, you know, what we can do with that information and with that data. I love it. And I love how it kind of pushes the boundaries a little bit in terms of, or at least the thinking in terms of what a medical device is. You know, when you think a medical device, you think something big and bulky, and like you said, the plastic sensor underneath, but the piece of fabric is the device as well. So that's super, it's, you know, woven into it. That's so cool. That's so cool. And a JIT, we've alluded a lot to say a hospital environment, but no doubt this has application in other environments as well as in a hospital. Yeah, so exactly. I mean, you know, aged care is another huge place where the staff to resident ratio is not that great. And, you know, during COVID, you know, things have actually become really severe. You'd have seen in the news that's quite topical, people struggling to get home care packages, people actually struggling to get support. There's a huge shortage of skilled carers in the aged care setting, making for, I mean, you know, short of us exporting a lot of nurses from Philippines and other parts of the world immediately, we have to actually solve this. And a solution such as what Lenexa Medical is offering can actually act as that second pair of eyes, you know, looking over the patient, alerting them on when they need to sort of come in and intervene. So we just think that, you know, with what we've actually got, 
that can go on underneath most of the beds, there can be a monitoring solution for them to provide the best care that they can for the patients. Because you're right, absolutely, the bulk of the pressure injuries that we see is coming out of aged care. And we also see a significant amount of them sort of manifesting when these patients actually go into the hospital setting. And we're also aware, finally, just to make a point over there with Royal Commission coming in, asking these HK providers to kind of step up the game. They are constantly looking for solutions to try and sort of manage this better. So we're sort of reaching out to them saying, please come in and talk to us. We'd love to sort of understand how you're providing them the care currently in your facility. We can actually help you provide that sort of complete end-to-end monitoring and elevate the level of care through our solution. Amazing. To come to how this issue might be being addressed already, either in the aged care setting or in a hospital too, Will, you alluded to before that, you know, some of the current solutions, there's some gaps there in the market. Tell us a bit more about how these issues are are trying to be addressed at the moment. Sure. I mean, um, the most common, and this is currently, you know, the gold standard of pressure injury prevention, which is to essentially come to the patient every two to four hours, depending on the patient level of mobility, and actually reposition or offload them. So what that means is you need to physically turn the patient over so they're no longer lying on that same side and applying pressure to that part of the body. And now it might sound you know, easy just you know, turn the patient over, but in order to actually do that safely and effectively, you need to get at least you know, two to three people to come and, and roll someone over, especially you know, people are getting heavier and heavier these days as well. And so a lot of the time, if you can even think about it, it's like you need to find two other people in the facility to help you do this. If you're stressed for time, if another person's stressed for time, it's often missed and it's really hard to say, well, this thing is more important than another thing when you can't actually visibly see it until it started to occur. So the way in which you actually pick up a pressure injury is about to occur is if you look for what they call non-blanching redness in the skin, um, which is essentially a redness in the skin that's prolonged, even though you're touching it. So you know how when you got redness, if you push on it, it'll turn white. But a stage one pressure injury doesn't turn white when you're pushing on it. And so that's really the only way in which they pick it up. And for example, if you have a darker skin tone, it's really hard to see. And especially if you're in the low light environment, if you're fatigued, it can also get missed from that perspective as well. So that's really the gold standard at the moment of how it's being managed, how other people are trying to assist in providing a solution for this is setting things like timers to help remind people to come every two to four hours. However, that is also quite ineffective because it doesn't take into account whether or not somebody's already moved them or if they've moved themselves. And so you're getting that inefficiency across the facility where you're thinking, well, I need to come every two to four hours, but I'm also not sure if they've moved themselves or if you know somebody else has moved them. I'm just coming back because somebody has said two to four hours. And there's a funny story behind it because since the time of Florence Nightingale, it actually took her about two to four hours to get around her ward and come back to the same patient. And so it's really been since that time that that time frame has been set. And there's lots of literature that's out there that basically says this is ineffective because as you can imagine, all patients are different. You know, they've got different body types, they've got different risk factors, you know, they move around in the bed at different rates. 
And so it's really hard to just apply a blanket two to four hours. And that's where, like I said before, you know, a lot of the solutions currently are inadequate and they're impractical because it doesn't take into account that personalized element around it. You know, the patient's experience in the bed, the patient's risk factors and things like that. And that's where we really want to apply our technology where we're taking into account, you know, how the patient's moving around in the bed. We're taking into account the patient's own risk profile and providing the information to the clinician so that they can, you know, make an informed decision as opposed to just going, okay, it needs to be every two to four hours because we know that although it's been better than not moving anybody at all, it's been, you know, not targeted and we're still seeing the problem of pressure injuries affect millions of people worldwide and, you know, cost healthcare systems billions, even though it's kind of this problem that flies under the radar. Such a practical, good application of technology. I love it. Love it. Tell us where you guys are at now, Ajit. So what stage is the organization at now? Is it ready to be used in clinical practice? Yeah, look, Pete, you know, really, really pleased to sort of inform as of two months ago, our product has been listed on the ARTG, which means it's essentially we our product is available to be purchased by the Australian healthcare systems. And there are a number of conversations happening at the moment. And we're just really delighted that, you know, it is finally three to four years in the making. And here we are to present a solution that can solve this problem. So mm. it's available to purchase in Australia. Amazing. And just for your audiences only, as of Friday, we have been informed that we've also cleared the regulatory requirements in New Zealand. So it is available in Australia and New Zealand mm. as well. Got a good following yep. in New Zealand too. So that's uh, good information to have. An exciting time for you guys. No doubt busy as well leading up. So what's going to keep right. what's going to keep you busy? What's next? What's on the horizon for the next 6, 12, 24 months? Yeah, fantastic. I always say that, you know, it, it takes a village to, to raise a child. Uh, it takes an army of people to help a startup scale up and eventually sort of, you know, get out in the market. So we are looking for everyone's support. I mean, our immediate plan is to launch in Australia and then sort of, then look at setting up some trials in the US by the end of this year. So we are essentially sort of reaching out to people who want to join us as we are looking to expand. We are looking out for researchers who want to partner with us and do further studies on on actually quantifying how it prevents pressure injuries. We've also got an investment round open as well. Um, so we'd love for people to reach out to us to see how they can also take a small stake in, in Lenexa Medical, but ultimately be part of the journey and the solution in terms of how we are setting about solving this unmet need and preventing pressure injuries. But I'd like to also bring in Will just briefly to talk about some of the research work that he's been doing in terms of our horizon. Yeah, sure. In terms of the research element, what we're looking to be able to do in the next 12 months really is to set up larger scale clinical trials to really demonstrate the clinical and economic efficacy of a solution like ours. And it's one of those things that is super important in the health tech, med tech space in terms of being able to demonstrate that evidence to the healthcare facilities. Um, now, in principle, the solution that we're providing, you know, provides this information to the clinician. So the clinician is able to do what they want with it and configure what type of information they're receiving. And so we've been able to essentially release that product into the market, but taking it one step further and being able to make the claims that we would like to make in terms of, can this technology save hospitals money? Now we think it can, 
But in terms of collecting that rigorous data, that's what we're looking to actually collect in the next 12 months. And we've partnered with some of Australia's best researchers in terms of pressure injury prevention, who have a massive stake in dictating some of the guidelines internationally on what is best practice and what is the most effective way to actually prevent pressure injuries. And it was interesting um, that they released their new international guidelines a few years back. Um, and they had a section on preventing pressure injuries or you know repositioning the patient. And what really struck me was that despite all of the studies that they had done on you know what's the best timing for all these people to turn and you know how can we effectively do it, you know the final recommendation was really well you need to assess the patient on a patient to patient basis. It needs to be individualized. It needs to be custom. And you can't just say healthcare or this prevention strategy is just going to be a general cover for everybody. It needs to be different for everyone. And that's where we want to go with the technology. And that's the evidence that we want to provide for this type of solution is to be able to say 100%, it's not going to work if you're just going to cover everyone with the same rules. It needs to be based on you know the person's condition themselves. Yeah. And if anyone's listening and keen to learn more from you guys and get in touch and talk, what's the best way to get in touch with Lenexa Medical, Legit? Yeah, great, Pete. So the best way for them to, to get in touch with us is through our email, which is contact us, one word, at lenexamedical.com. So that's contact us at lenexamedical.com. And we'd be delighted to hear from you and have you as part of our exciting journey. What an exciting time. Love it. And it's great to hear about such cool technology to solve a really practical issue. This is the kind of stuff that we need in healthcare. And I love the focus and attention you've got on it and lots on the plate and the right things over the next 6, 12, 24 months. And it's great that Lenexa have come on as THT Plus members recently. So look forward to seeing, you know, all of your news events and jobs and the directory listing on our website. Uh, I'll put some details in the show notes of this episode for people to check out and learn more about Lenexa and follow the journey and get involved or get in touch if they're interested. Ajit and Will, I really appreciate you making the time. Thank you so much. Yeah, fantastic, Pete. You know, thank you so much for having us. There is so much that we can actually do with our technology. I mean, pressure injury prevention is just the start of many, many things. Just want to sort of say that Mm. because once you have a surface under which the patient is lying, there is a lot more rich data that we're collecting that has applications far and beyond what it is doing today to be an effective patient monitoring system. So the journey is just starting. We feel like we're starting anyway, but we are looking for the support from the wider community to spreading the news and making it happen. And thank you so much, Pete, for actually having us. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. Check out TalkingHealthTech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen. <laughs>